Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. John chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. You may be seated. I want you to help me announce my subject. Touch your neighbor on the shoulder and tell him, you ain't seen nothing yet. Ladies and gentlemen, over the next 90 days, as best as you can, I encourage you to keep your ear to the mouth of God. As it relates to the next phase of your life's journey, God will be giving you instructions on the what the where, the how, the when, and the with whom. In some cases, in many cases, as a matter of fact, the instructions may be unconventional and uncomfortable. There are some things about himself that God wants you to know. And there are some things about yourself that God wants you to know. Over the next 90 days, you can expect, here it is, an explosion of revelation designed to help you understand what's on heaven's agenda for your life, your family, your future. What I've been sensing since I got into this city and what I've been seeing in the realm of the spirit, I can declare that it is something of great significance that I cannot tell you all in this one message. But I do want you to know when you line up your life with the affairs of your life, you ain't seen nothing yet. This story of Jesus turning water into wine at the, at the wedding in Cana, in my humble view, contains one of the most powerful messages in all of scripture. Please understand, ladies and gentlemen, in the text, John speaks to us 
symbolically, philosophically, and metaphorically. Which means his message is beneath the surface of the text. The first thing I want you to notice in John chapter 2, it's, it's in verse 11, is that John does not call this incident of turning water into wine a miracle. In fact, in his gospel, John does not call anything a miracle. Instead, John calls them signs. In his account of the gospel, he records seven signs and changing water into wine is the first of the seven signs. It's also interesting to note that none of the other gospel writers saw this incident as important enough to record it. None of them mention this significant event. Not Matthew, not Mark, not Luke. They were much more impressed with the healings and the exorcisms. But John, he remembered Cana. John saw the incident at Cana as something that would point people towards a deeper meaning and purpose of who Jesus was. The servants at the wedding saw water being turned into fine wine. But John saw a man defining himself as an agent of transformation. Ladies and gentlemen, in this service, marking the first five years of Dr. Bryan's arrival as your new pastor, I need you to know, in this service, transformation is taking place in the house. This is the hour, says the Lord of hosts, that I am bringing great change into the hearts of man and into the minds of my people. And at the same time, I am changing their circumstances. In the text, we find the first recorded sign of Jesus during his ministry here on the earth. And so as I deliver this message here today, there is an anointing for first falling in the house. There is anointing for the first person to be able to accomplish something in their family. Some of you will be the first to accomplish something in your career path. Some of you will be the first in your circle to experience debt-free living. Some of you will be the first in your office and on your jobs to do something for the first time. But there is an anointing for first falling in the house. Hit your neighbor on the shoulder and tell him it's falling on me and you. While all of you are expected to benefit from our coming together in this service, at least 67 of you will celebrate something of great significance in the first month of the new year. If you think you're in that number, shout January. 
Now, in order to really appreciate this text, it's important that you have a clear understanding of something about the Jewish culture. Weddings, still to this day, are very significant events in the Jewish culture. Jewish weddings are celebrated for at least seven days. And the entire community is invited to the wedding. The bridegroom and his family sponsor the wedding party and had the responsibility of ensuring that there was a grand celebration. And theirs was the added responsibility of seeing to it that they did not run out of one of the most important and basic staples of any large celebration in a Jewish community. Wine. To run out of wine could be a major embarrassment for the newlyweds and their parents for years. You can't run out of wine. That brings us to verse 1 of the text, Pastor Stokes. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Verse 2. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Note very carefully that as significant of an occasion that this was, we are not told the name of the bride and the groom. Their names were never mentioned. But in verse 1, we are told, Mary was there. And in verse 2, we are told Jesus was there and his disciples were invited. I wonder why. Note again that Jesus was invited. Read verse 2 again, please, Pastor Stokes. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited, invited to the wedding. They did not crash the wedding. Jesus was there as an invited guest. But here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Little did they know that Jesus, while present as a guest, was also there as a provider. He was there to take care of, watch this, a pending shortage. Let's go to verse 3. Let's read it one more time. And verse Verse 3 and verse 4, pardon me. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. That, that was you I just interrupted. It just was, <laughs> sorry. They have no wine. <laughs> now I want you to notice something else and I'm almost where I need to be. Jesus was there before the shortage occurred. Okay, I got to give it to you one more time. Jesus was invited to the wedding as a guest. And in verse 4, while he was a guest at the wedding, they ran out of wine. 
And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. He was there before the shortage. And ladies and gentlemen, if you can hear me, you can expect to run into this season by midday today. Which means that whenever there is a shortage in your life, over the next 90 days, Jesus will show up with deliverance. I can't bank out there. Watch this now. I want, you, I want you to say these words after me. God's presence will precede my shortages over the next 90 days. All right? And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, we have no wine. The presence of so many guests, the whole community, at this poor family's wedding party brought about a great demand for wine. And three days in, three days in, with at least four more days to go, they ran out of wine. Mary, the mother of Jesus, knowing the embarrassment this would cause for the family, of the bride and groom appealed to her son saying they run out of wine read the next verse for me Pastor Stokes tell them what Jesus' response was Jesus said to her woman what does your concern have to do with me my hour has not yet come watch your voice now sound like you're reading like you want to preach I just want you to read let me let me <laughs> In these two verses, we find a mixture of perplexity, impatience, reverence, and trust. Mary never told Jesus what to do or how to do it. She simply told him what her concern was. They ran out of wine. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Then she told the servants, Follow his lead. Whatever he, he says, do it. Now, I find this very interesting because the, 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 if you put it in sequence, they run out of wine. Mary runs to Jesus. She says they're out of wine. Jesus said, that's not my business. Mary ignores Jesus, speaks to the servants and says, whatever he says, do y'all do it. Because you see, Mary knew, Mary knew her son. She knew him to be a provider. And Mary knew that there is no way Jesus would be present with a shortage and not fix it. Now, now you are about to give God a crazy praise. You are about to give God a praise for your next shortage. Because it's coming. But I want you to know, you will not have the shortage for long. Okay, y'all didn't praise him right on that. 
I want you to grab the hand of one of your neighbors and tell them, I need you to help me with something. Help me give God a praise for the next shortage I will have. Because he is going to show up and fix it. Take your seats a moment, please. So ladies and gentlemen, with all that God has done around here, over the last five years, I've been sensing in my spirit that what's coming over the next 90 days will be greater than what's been and more than you're expecting. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, I feel something coming. Ladies and gentlemen, while I can't tell you exactly what it is, I can tell you it's big, it's unusual, and it's major. What's coming will refine your life for the rest of your life over the next 90 days. I feel something coming. Let's go. I got to run on. Verses 6 and 7, please. Now there were set there six water pots of stone mm -hmm. according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Over the next 90 days, you've got to be prepared to give God something to work with. Put out your water pots, fill them to the brim. Translation, over the next 90 days, you've got to be prepared to do something. In verse 6. They put out the water pots. In verse 7, they filled them with water. In verse 8, they were told to pour it out. Here it is. Put them out. Fill them up. Pour it out. Watch this now. Put them out. Fill them up. Pour it out. While Jesus was doing the transformation, the servants were doing the preparation. Jesus never did for them what they could do for themselves. Now, watch this. Bring my microphone stands for me now. I'm ready. Between the water going in and coming out, there was transformation. Come on, let's go quickly. One, that's good, right there. That's good, right there. Sailor brought one and he brought four. Wow, okay. I need one more. Oh, oh, you brought five. Five. Hey, 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 hey. I know why you brought five. Favor is on you. All right, all right, all right. As Eric, as my nephew. All right, now watch this. Here's what happens during 
the making of wine. One, you have to plant the grape seeds. Two, you have to wait for wines to grow. Three, you have to wait for grapes to grow on the vine. Four, you got to harvest the grapes. Five, you got to crush the grapes. And then six, you got to allow for fermentation. So we got six steps. For the making of wine. We have planting, waiting, waiting, harvesting, crushing, fermenting. You have six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. In order to make wine. Now here's what Jesus did. Put them out. Step one. Fill them up. Step two. Pour it out. Step three. Now you got six steps for the making of wine. You got planting, waiting for the wines, waiting for grapes to grow in the wines. What comes after that? Harvesting, then what? Crushing, then what? Fermenting. Six steps. Here comes Mary. They ran out of wine. Yeah, but what does that have to do with me? Hey, whatever he tells you to do, y'all do it. All right. Bring them out. Bring me six water pots. Okay, head of water pours Jesus, fill them with water. Okay, Jesus, they're filled. Pour it out. One, two, three. When they poured out the water, it was wine. Now, wait a minute now. I just told you, it takes at least six steps. Put them out. Fill them up. Pour it out. Wine. All right, count with me. Put them out. Fill them up. Screaming too early. Pour it out. Wine. Wait a minute now. It takes six steps. Jesus, with three instructions, made wine. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, he sent me here to tell you over the next 90 days. Watch this. It's exactly 90 days between today and the day I would have inducted him for his real official fifth anniversary. It's 90 days. Over the next 90 days, between now and his anniversary, 
God sent me to tell you whatever he needs to do in your life, he's shortening the process. You got 90 days. Okay, watch this now. I need to give you one more point and then I'm ready to close. Watch this. Take, take your seats, take your seats. The basic ingredient for making wine is what? Grapes, this is not a trick question. The basic ingredient, you know the answer. For making wine is what? Distinguished people, so they they were. I want to say whining and dining me, but let's just say dining me. <laughs> and um, I noticed something in the three exclusive restaurants they took me to this week. Water was free. The wine list was more expensive than the menu. Now see, this is where you start acting like you don't know what I'm saying. You know I'm right. You know the list. All right. So water is free. Wine is not. Jesus took a cheap ingredient and made an expensive product. Come here, let me tell you something. What God is about to do leading up to Bishop Dr. Bryan's anniversary over the next 90 days, you will not need much to get it done. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have a noteworthy product. Here's the final thing I'm gonna tell you and before I do it, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell, tell your neighbor real quickly, I feel something coming. 
quite know what it is, but I could feel something happening to me already. And I want to take a moment out just to tell the Lord, thank you for what's coming. All right, last point. Last point I want to give you. Let's read verses 9 and 10. Let's read verses 9 and 10, and I'm ready to go. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Wait a minute. This, this is not one, the point I wanted to make, but it just dropped on me. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. What did he say to him? And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. Pastor Stokes, you, you see that? Put, yes, put, sir. Put, put the camera back on Pastor Stokes again because I'm noticing her new hairstyle. Looks nice. Oh, Looks nice. Yeah. And that dress she wore just because I was coming. <laughs> you got the colors of the Bahamas in it. All right, watch this. All right, so read verse 10 for me one more time, please, Pastor Silk. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. All right, go back up to verse number nine. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Watch this now. The master of the feast, when he tasted the new wine, went to the bridegroom to ask him, what's happening here? Because most people keep the best wine or they serve it at the, at the front end. And when they didn't get everybody drunk, then they serve the inferior one. What, what's this? What just dropped on me, Dr. Bryant, is it is clear now that the bridegroom and his family never knew there was a shortage. What's this? There's a crisis at the wedding. This crisis could embarrass the bridegroom and the family. But God kept the knowledge of the crisis away from the bridegroom. In other words, I'm not going to let him spoil his celebration by recognizing that there is a crisis. What just dropped on me is over the next 90 days, there are some things God's not going to even let you find out. He's going to fix it before you find out. Lord, have mercy. See, that's why you're supposed to shout right there. Because he's not even going to let you be bothered by it. Because he's going to keep the knowledge of it away from you. All right. Verse number 10. Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. Everybody say the good wine. But when the guests have all drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. 
translation. You've saved the best for the last. There are 21 days left in this calendar year. 21 is the number of breakthrough. He saved the best for the last. Listen, man, you are here with 21 days left. These are gonna be the greatest days in 2023 in your life. The best. Shake your neighbor's hand, shake it with an attitude and tell them you ain't seen nothing yet. Everybody thought that they had seen the best of you, but the best is yet to come. Some people have counted you out. Some have wanted you out. Some tried to take you out. But somebody jump and celebrate. I'm still here. Today, ladies and gentlemen, what God is getting ready to do the last 21 days of this year and over the next 90 days leading to the March celebration of anniversary number five. Lift your right hand right quickly because I'm about to declare that the favor of God is stuck on you until the anniversary. Now it may be extended but it can't leave you before then. Come on, lift the right hand. Put it over your head and say the favor of God, favor of God. is stuck on me until after the anniversary. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, one, he's going to shorten the process for some things he's going to do in your life. Two, he's going to keep away crisis incidences and keep the knowledge of it away from you. By the time you get to know what was happening, it would have already been fixed and settled. And then, ladies and gentlemen, what you will think you need, you will not need. He took a cheap product to make an expensive product. All right. This is how I'm going to close today. Take your right hand. Put it on your head. Take your right hand. Cover your eyes for a moment. Take both hands. Cover your Take your right hand, cover your mouth, cover your nose. Take your two hands, wrap them around yourself. Take your left and right, put them on your knees. Oh, it's about to get a little tough now. It's all right, I'll make it easy for you. Just lift your leg and put it on your leg. If you're able, touch your toes. And then when you finish, rise up and say, totally covered. Favor is all over your body.
When I walk in here today, Pastor Brian was praying for sicknesses and diseases and curses and all of that. That's where I was supposed to end. But since he's picked it up already, we don't need to go back there, but now you're covered. Over the next 90 days, I rebuke the spirit of sickness and diseases over your life. Now, come on, Pastor Brian, come stand with me for a minute. Aren't we proud of him? Yes. New birth. God has taken these first five to demonstrate to you that we have the right man on board. This does not make him perfect. Like me, and like you, he's prone to mistakes. We don't know what the next five holds, but what I've sensed in my spirit, something major is coming. And if something major is coming, there's a major plot somewhere lurking around. Look at me, no birth. I don't intend to go through this twice with y'all. Because victory is in the house. No matter what's on the outside. Thousands of new people have joined this church in five years. Several thousands have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. Almost $18 million have been reduced from the $30 million debt. We're about to go and tour the medical center. Look at the amount of people y'all have fed. The amount of vaccines you've given, the amount of COVID tests you've given, the, the amount of gifts you're getting ready to give out to children on Sunday. And the list goes on and on and on. I've asked you to do this already, but one more time. Let's thank God for this leadership. Your pastor stays in touch with me. He keeps me posted on how he's doing and what is happening. His heart is intertwined with mine. If there's need for correction, I can handle that. There's no need for worry. But what I am concerned about with what I'm sensing in the spirit coming in a major way if there's an attack from the outside, 
We got to maintain victory on the inside. Over the next 90 days, everybody say 90 days. Over the next 90 days, God's about to move in an unusual, uncommon, unpredictable, and unprecedented way. Don't you facilitate anybody in your company who don't like him. And if you're in the presence of people who go in, in the wrong direction, when it comes to him, shut it down and run. I want all the deacons, all the deacons first, the ones who were there yesterday. Come on, come meet me here real quickly. All of the ministers, all of the elders who just coming on board, y'all come, meet me here real quickly, real quickly. All the deaconesses who came along, come on, get close to me because I need room for some others. Get close to me. That's it, that's it. All the elders and ministers, who, who, who came on board yesterday, come on. All of the other deacons and ministers and pastors, y'all fall in. Y'all look good too. Amen. Good to see you all. Good to see familiar faces. Some of y'all who've been here a long time. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, come on. Squeeze up. Get a little closer. Get a little closer. I want to feel you a little bit. Come on. Now, just us, we're going to take a moment and pray for our pastor. Amen. We're going to take a moment. All of the congregation could come in agreement with us simply by the stretching of your hands toward him. But those of us here at the altar, we're going to cover him in prayer. The next 90 days will not be critical days. They're going to be victorious days. What God is about to do among the people and among the membership in New Birth over the next 90 days, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Hit somebody right there quickly and tell them you ain't saying nothing yet. You got to get ready for what's to come. Now come on, stretch your hands towards the pastor and I want those of you at the altar begin to cover him now in prayer. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is not a silent prayer. Open your mouths and let's pray. Yes. Yes. cover him from the crown of his head to the very soles of his feet 
I build a hedge around him now and I declare him off limits to the tactics of the devil. May your kingdom come and may your will be done in Jamal Harrison Bryan's life. Now I pray for every tissue, every organ, every vessel, every bone in his body. I pray that they function as you have ordained them to function. And I declare victory in his life, in the lives of his children. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody, let's create a sound of victory in this house right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now wherever you are, join hands with the person next to you in the congregation. Those of you at the altar, do it too. As I forestated, 1100 plus, I don't remember the exact number. What was it? 1143 of you present will see a breakthrough on or before Christmas. If you think that's you, squeeze your neighbor's hand and pass it along. Now I want you, I want you to lean over to the person and tell them your name. Tell them your name. Now tell them, I need you to call that name in prayer over the next 21 days. Remember me in prayer over the next 21 days. The Lord bless you. and keep you. May the road rise high to meet you. Hallelujah. And may the wind of favor be always at your backs. May the Lord bless you in your going out and in your coming in, in your down sitting and in your uprising in your giving and in your getting, in your work and in your leisure. Here it is. May the divine favor of God rest upon you now and forevermore. And all of God's people say, Amen. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs